Welcome to In the Basement at Midnight. We are Nita B. And Ouija B. And we'll talk about ghosts and hauntings and all things creepy. (laughs) So, you were talking about um, how... Well, I'll let you, I'll let you describe it. You, you had like such an energy surge within yourself, like through anger or some kind of emotion. Being upset. Yeah. Yeah. And cause things to like, when I was running my own business and it seemed like, okay, if the computer isn't going to be working for sure, the, the printer stops working. And then the more upset I would get, it was just kind of all together. Just everything would stop. Yeah. And that's kind of how my day has been today, um, which actually, so just to give you a little bit of a backstory, as we started this podcast, we ended up erasing the entire first like 12 minutes because it just wasn't going well. And then the microphones just stopped working. Everything stopped working. The, whole, the software stopped working. And um, so did my car earlier. And so did my entire life. Um, <laughs> Your window broke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's just interesting because I did leave the house kind of quite upset. And I wonder if my energy kind of spilled into that and prevent, you know, like caused this energy surge. And then it makes me think about there have been a couple of investigations that I've done where we've lost all power. Like we'll be filming on the camera and and a cell phone. We'll have an EVP recorder going and, you know, all this other, you know, equipment. And then all of a sudden it just starts to die. And typically when we go into an investigation, we are totally ramped up. You know, we're on adrenaline. We're excited. We can't wait to to get in there and see what we can see. And I can't help but wonder if that has something to do with the energy. Um, although it could also be you know, spirits, ghosts actually using that energy in order oh, to manifest. That's true. They but, might be taking it. Right. But what, how does that explain equipment failure, which, you know, I'm not, I have nothing to do with ghosts, I think. Like I was thinking about at the, you know, when I had the bookstore, they, it'd be like, okay, we have to get this done now. Mm-hmm. Something would, there would be a pressing deadline. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like really anxious about it. And then I'd try and go and, you know, put something on a disc and I couldn't, it wouldn't save. Right. And then it's like, okay, I'll print it. And then the printer just quit working. Yeah. It just would not work. And right. it's like, okay, turn it off, turn it back on. And then <laughs> kick it. 45 <laughs> minutes later, I'm taking apart the computer. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working. Right. And then, you know, if you walk away from it and then come back, it's all okay. Right. I and don't that's understand kind of, that. Well, and that's exactly what happened to us when we started recording and nothing was working. And then we got kind of uh, in a tizzy about it. And uh, we ended and up having And all I did was press start again. Because we were sitting here talking. And we were just kind of chilling out and eating carne asada fries <laughs> and having a good old time. And we totally relaxed. And we forgot about what we were upset about. Right. And then the microphone just... Started magically working. started working and I did nothing different right <laughs> see that usually doesn't happen to me in an investigation where it starts working again um usually the batteries are just gone but you know that could do be you have to, when do you do you end up like re, um, replacing batteries or do oh, you have to well the first time it happened we were like well we should have been a little bit more prepared and we had nothing but our cell phones second time we were like we brought new batteries, charged batteries. We brought, bought an entire battery pack for every single device that we had. And um, actually, it's when we did the monitor. 
before we even started, all of our batteries died. Wow, when you walked in there? Yep, and I think by the end, we had one cell phone and um, the camera, the video camera, and we did catch some evidence. With the cell phone? Uh, no, with the camera. With the camera. So um, it was. I was sort of on the hunt, and I could feel like I was chasing something. Something was in there and running from me. And there's a water closet back by where Joy's office used to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I chased it into this water closet, and um, I walked into this little dark room, and I was like, I know you're here. Do not be afraid. And Don was holding the camera, and just as soon as I said that, this huge ball of light just flew over my shoulder, stopped behind my back, and then took off in the distance. And It wasn't I, a piece of dust? Um, no, no. <laughs> it was obviously not a piece of right. dust. Right, you can tell you when it's dust. Did you see it with your eyes? I never saw it. Oh, okay. I never saw it. But interestingly enough, um, it was right around that time I started saying there's nothing in here anymore. It's gone. Oh, wow. So I could feel the energy leave. Do you remember Dana who used to work at the front desk? She was the receptionist. No. She answered the phone. I don't um, remember Dana. I don't remember her last name, but um, she was terrified to go to the bathroom because she said there was something in there. And then one time she comes running back <laughs> and she was like, I'm never going in there again. And, and I thought she was kidding because she was acting really crazy. <laughs> and she said that something had flushed the toilet and the door opened. Oh. And I said, well, that could be anything really. And she just, that made her mad. But <laughs> I was like discounting her, but she swears that that wasn't the first time. And you know, the toilet flushing is, it can, it's mechanical. It, it could happen. Plumbing thing. Yeah, it could be yeah. plumbing. But you know, she was not that, she said that it regularly happened in the monitor that there was something in the bathroom. Well, what I did notice on my investigation of the monitor is um, one of the first things we did was run through. Um, there's a lot of equipment at the monitor. Yeah. Um, there's it's, an entire printing room. The printing press is, takes up. Yes. I can't even, maybe a thousand square feet. Right. It's a big room. It's huge. And you've got computers everywhere and you've got light fixtures and it's an old building. So you've got the electrical running in um, metal all along the, uh, you know, the walls, but it's, you can see it. It's not like tucked into the drywall like it would be on a, a newer building. Um, and so our EMF detectors were just going absolutely bananas, you know. And when we went into the bathroom, especially the women's bathroom, that wall is right up against that press room. Our EMF detector just spiked to the point of not even working anymore. And it was the energy coming from that room. And that will affect a person's mood. You know, you're going oh, yeah. to get, you know, I've heard the that. spooks, you know, you're going to get chills. And that's exactly why people think that there are, there are no hauntings because it's electrical and it's affecting your, your right. brain. Right. It's affecting your... And your... It, it can be. It really, truly can. And that's why you go through and get a base reading first, um, which the monitor was sort of all over the place, but we would get a base reading for each room. Or carbon monoxide. We'll yes. Do that too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It'll cause you to feel like you're being haunted. Yeah, that I, actually, that's totally true, and I never thought about it. Um, so hmm, something I'm going to have to go with carbon monoxide detectors. People are going to call us for ghost readings, but really they just want their carbon monoxide <laughs> detectors. You can get one of those gas sniffers. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yes. You know, and the, the utilities come by and check for gas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll start charging. Utilities does it for free, so we'll do it for 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I and it works as a kid because I 
I was terrified as a kid of of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> of scary things. And oh, so the in this book right here. Okay. This so is, oh. Sorry. <laughs> it's called Hispanic Legends from New Mexico. So this is the one that a friend said that you I should look at. Oh look at that. Oh, it's like typeset. Yeah. This is like done on a typewriter. And this author, Stanley Robe or Robe, um, I guess collected stories around New Mexico. Oh wow. And they're just, some of them are just really short. Um Have you heard of some of these? Like are are some of these familiar, being a native New Mexican? Well, I'm um, sure there's a La Llorona story in there. There so. probably is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so here's one that we just talked about. A young girl was forbidden to go to a dance on Good Friday. She disobeyed. At the dance, a handsome young man asked her to dance. After he danced with her, he had a drink at the bar. He took off in a beautiful new car, and when he left, the bartender noticed all his liquid had a stamp with the devil on it. How does that, what does that mean? All, all his, his liquid? All his liquor had a stamp with the devil on it. Interesting. Huh. Like the liquor that he selected from the bar. Oh. But what is the stamp of the devil? What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe it was, you know, his all the labels turned to the devil. Huh. So underneath of it, he's got his little, it's like a biography. He collected the person's name and the... Oh, my goodness. Isn't that cool? And here's another one. Um, Miss... F.S. from Ladue, New Mexico, told me the tale about the devil at the dance. It was a very beautiful girl who could dance magnificently. Women would go, men would go wild over her. One night when the dance was over, a boy wanted to escort her home. When they were a little ways from the house, she started to kick him and scratch him. The boy claimed that she had nails like a rooster and feet like a mule, and she wasn't pretty anymore. The conclusion was that she was the devil. I've not Sounds heard like that part. Somebody turned away somebody else's advances. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wonder. I mean, it's worded so colorfully. <clears throat> well, these are the stories that people would tell each other. Well, you entertained each other with a story, right? And usually, they were the best ones are the scary ones. Of course, they still are. <laughs> so you sit together with your your grand. Usually, it's your grandma who tells you the story. Wow. Um, they have the time, I guess, right? <laughs> That's just a trip and a half. That book is a trip and a half. But it was just typed and put all together, just compilations of people's stories. One day, a man came to Dr. S. complaining that he had been hexed and was suffering pain. Dr. S. went up into the hills behind Mora, where he selected a stream, from the st- and from the stream he took some water and said, and sand. <laughs> This sand and water was taken home where it was boiled with some rats, frogs, hares, and a few other things. After this was done, he started shifting the pan back and forth over his patient's belly until the form of a man's face appeared in the pan. This was the face of the man who had hexed him. The two of them went to see the man and forced him to remove the hex. This story was told to me by a friend of my father's, and he claims that he saw the face in the pan. This is a story from Mora. Do you know where Mora Mor- is? Isn't that um, northwest of here? Yeah, it's pretty, it's in the mountains. Okay. It's one of those really isolated villages. Oh, my God. That sounds 
kind of awful. There's some poor guy <laughs> who's like, what? I didn't hex anybody because some other guy saw his face in a pan. I'm sorry. I have a really hard time with this. Yeah. Well, like, these are the... What's your evidence, man? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, you know, I love these stories because that's kind of what I grew up hearing. Yeah. You know, we, my, my dad told me a story once about um, he and some friends... You know, they went out dancing when they shouldn't have, which was during Lent. And so I'm like, that's a thing. <laughs> that's a thing. You're not supposed to go out and party during Lent. And um, even worse, it was Good Friday. And they, and it didn't happen to my dad, it was his friends. When they came out to their car to leave, the devil was standing on the car. Right. And when I was, you know, seven, when I heard this, it was terrifying. <laughs> I was scared. Wow. And, you know, the moral of the story, you don't go dancing during Lent. See, and, and I'm hearing a different moral. And, and this what is, is this, what are you hearing? Don't drink so damn much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was he looking at? I'm sorry, that that's, there's just a side of me, there's a skeptic in my head. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it's, it's intriguing, though. It's really fascinating in that you can kind of hear the similar stories, but sometimes they just take that slight turn, you know, yep. but dancing during Lent on Good Friday, something's bound to happen. Yeah. Well, the, the one one story that I heard about dancing during Lent was um, a there was a dance, and it so it's usually not... Catholics who are holding this dance, right? Right. right. Makes sense. <laughs> so these kids sneak out to go to this dance. A man who shows up who's beautifully dressed and he's gorgeous and all the women are attracted to him. And all the men are just so jealous because their wives and their girlfriends are wanting to dance with this guy. And um, in the end, you know, the last person who danced with him notices that he has a a tail that's coming out of his pants and um, they chase him away. But he, in the end, he makes the whole place go up in flames. I wonder what kind of tail. I wonder if it's like the forked devil's tail. That we heard about when we yeah. were kids. Yeah. Where, where did he put his horns? I don't know. Maybe he's wearing a hat. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's beautifully dressed or he's got a great head of hair. <laughs> Maybe the horns aren't that great, but I've got, I've got a um, audio that I'll place here for you and everybody from a friend at work who told me her grandma told her this story. So, so tell me about Lent. <laughs> Your story about so Lent. This story. <laughs> so this story was told by by was told by my grandparents that during Lent there was a handsome gentleman at the Red Steakhouse slash Lounge, which was a popular place in Hispaniola way back when. So during Lent, um, this handsome gentleman, dressed up really nice, was at the club, and all the women were crazy over him. They were just, he was charming, good-looking, well-dressed, the women were going wild over him. So as he, all the women were going crazy that every woman in that 
bar wanted to dance with him. They wanted his attention. They wanted his time. And from what I was told, that he danced with every single woman in that place, that establishment. So as he was dancing with them, someone noticed that on one of his pant legs, that a tail came out from the bottom of his pant leg. And this was all during that. Okay. And that's what I heard. That's that's the story. And that's the reason why, even for myself as Catholic, being Catholic and, you know, believing in God and my religion, I don't go to clubs. I don't go doing things that I shouldn't be doing. You know, it just kind of makes you wonder. You know, and there, you know, there's, there's good, and of course, we all know there's evil too. Right. Do you know anybody who went, who was there? I don't. Okay. (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) It was a long time ago. I know. My my grandma had a story like that too. Yeah. So it was, you know, Colorado. Yeah, and you know, and it wasn't. I mean, this story has been told, I guess, throughout the valley, or even just people I know. You know, if I've even mentioned it, some people say, you know, I, I remember. They heard um, that story. You know, hearing about this story. So, yeah, yeah, the story has been around for a long time. Awesome. It's a good story. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's fascinating. Isn't that amazing that yeah. there's this, these stories that are iterations of the same theme? Right, right. So, you got to wonder, I mean, did this really happen? Is this just a tale that's kind of... A tail. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> is this something that, um, you know, is just surviving like like the um, Wahi monster, you know, where some guy told the tale and now here we are 50 years later still talking about this? Or did it actually happen once? Maybe the Wahi monster was something else. Maybe people dancing during Lent back in this time, this, this really did happen. I can't help but wonder if it's the same devil. You know, your, it was your father who saw the devil on top of the car. and Well, his friends. His friends, right, right. And so, and then there's a tail coming out of somebody's pant leg. Could be a devil's tail. Yeah, I just wonder. You just got to wonder. Or somebody knew how to scare. And, and maybe there was uh, a reason to do that, you know, keeping kids in line. You know, don't go out dancing during lunch. Stay out of the arroyos. Um, you know, keep, keep yeah. your face, your face, keep your faith. Um, you know, by what story have you heard about La, La Llorona? What, you've been here long enough, so you know the story, right? It's funny because I lived in Albuquerque for a couple of years, and from what I heard, that's where it originated in some arroyo in Albuquerque. But then oh, yeah, it's always like it's always that area. The, the geography that where you are at. I heard that it also, you know, happened in Santa Fe that, you know, it was the tale of a woman from what I heard, it was a woman who, for whatever reason, drowned her children. So La Llorona was the woman and she drowned her, I think it was two kids. And you can still hear the sound of the kids like crying. And you can hear the sound of La Llorona wailing when the wind blows <clears throat> So the the thing about La Llorona is that she um, she did it because she fell in love with somebody, and he told her he didn't want her kids, so she killed her own children, 
And then as soon as she did it, she regretted it. And then the wailing that you hear. But the thing about it is that if you hear her wailing, that means somebody in your family is going to die. Oh. Which is like the Irish banshee. Right. Isn't that the tale of the banshee? It is, yeah. Which so, is also like the um, the owl in Native American So I don't know symbology. that. Oh, yeah. If you see or hear an owl, it means that somebody is going to die. Somebody that you know. Somebody close to you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it freaked me out when I was home one night and there was a cacophony of owls, great horned owls singing. There were at least three of them. And I could hear them Here? communicating. Yeah. I've never seen an owl Oh my gosh. Oh, I could hear three of them. And it was, they were, it was very distinctive. I knew exactly what they were. Um, My husband was out there with me and he confirmed it. He's like, oh, there's one right there. And we couldn't see him because it was nighttime. He's like, oh, and there's one in the tree that's got to be just past it. And then we could hear one coming from like urban park area. So they were all talking to each other. Yeah. Wow. Back and forth. Was it in the summertime? Um, It was only actually a couple of months ago. Oh, it was in the winter. Yes. I'm trying to remember when exactly that was. So maybe I'll go walking one night to see if I can hear an owl. Yeah. Because other people have told me they've heard owls, but I've not heard one in town. (laughs) (laughs) But it was freaking me out because, I mean, I keep thinking about this Native American. uh, So how soon after you hear it is... That's a great question. (laughs) So maybe the danger's passed. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. Maybe. I think it's long gone. Well, it scared me because I had some like health news that I wasn't willing to accept. And uh, then I go outside and hear this, you know, symphony of owls and freaked me out a wow. lot. So, <laughs> so let's hope the dangers pass. I, I think so. <laughs> I want to say this was like September. So maybe it was like even late summer. Oh, okay. Early fall. Because I, I don't know any, enough about owls if they go hooting when it's mating season or <laughs> don't know. It was really neat. Well, that was the first time I've experienced it in Los Al- ever. I was going to say in Los Alamos, but ever. Ever, yeah. It was really cool. I hear coyotes oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I hear wind right now. <laughs> it is a very blustery day. <laughs> so I, um, one time... My neighbors had um, wind music playing really loud next door. And I thought, well, I wonder what they're doing. And then I heard the coyotes. So you were talking about coyotes. Oh, yeah. The, this will be the last local story that I have. Um, so my, I could hear my neighbors, you know, with music and the coyotes and the outside in the canyon. I don't hear them anymore it's weird i don't hear coyotes but the um then i started hearing this screaming so it might have been the coyotes i don't know but it scared the crap out of me because coupled with the music and the coyotes i could hear just this awful screaming and i don't know if it was real I think I have a theory. <laughs> I, I'm going to debunk. Debunk it. I'm going to debunk. So have you ever heard a rabbit get caught by prey? Oh. It sounds like a child screaming, blood-curdling oh, scream. Oh, no, I've never heard that. So when I first came up to Los Alamos, um, I was actually living in Albuquerque with my then fiancé, who I went on to marry, but he's from here. 
And so we stayed at his parents' house. They were in Europe or something. And so we had the house to ourselves. We had the back screen door open, which overlooked onto a canyon. And I could hear those coyotes. And I was a little, it was unnerving to me. You know, I mean, I'm an Ohio girl. And here's all these coyotes yipping and howling away. Next thing you know, blood curdling scream. And I'm going, they have a child. They have a child. Oh my God, we got to save the kid. And Don is like kind of laughing. He's like, oh, that's a rabbit. That's a rabbit oh being caught. So I don't think, and that is absolutely horrible. <laughs> that's the first and only time I've ever heard that because it, it scared the crap out of me. I heard it one other time and then I knew that it was a rabbit, which didn't make it any better. You know, cute, funny, fuzzy, Hello, funny rabbit. <laughs> so it screams like a little yes, child. It sounds like a child. Oh, I know. Isn't that heartbreaking? <laughs> um, I know. The fact that you're thinking about this soft little fuzzy bunny rabbit, like being slaughtered, ripped to pieces. Should I have a disclaimer before I go on here? <laughs> and then it has to sound like a kid on top of everything oh, else. Oh my God. Yeah. That's t- <laughs> just terrible. Well, I'm glad to do that. Yeah. It wasn't some conjured devil out because that's kind of what it sounded like to me too. It's like, is that what a skinwalker sounds like? Is yeah, that what yeah. <laughs> the banshee, the, the banshee, the Llorona. Thank you for joining us. See you again in the basement at midnight.